which is found in your pew Bibles on page 1608-1608, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Here's the word of God. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Okay, so for a couple weeks now, we've been talking about the voice of God. And I, I, I really don't like to use the word irony, but um, something rather ironic happened, and I don't believe it was from God. But um, those of you that are in the Bible study already know this, or in the men's group, but um, last time I preached, that n- night before, I started getting this scratch in my throat, and I didn't know what it was. Um, but by Sunday night, I could tell my voice was starting to go out a little bit. By Wednesday, I could barely talk at all. It was a struggle. It was like I didn't even know how to talk. I would try to talk, and it was like just there was no strength to talk. So my voice was completely gone. And um, then I went to Texas on Friday last week, and <laughs> it was starting to come back together until I had to order for, we were eating a meal of a friend of mine that I went to visit. He and I are sitting there with his wife, and I'm ready to order, and nothing came out. It was so embarrassing. So I took a quick drink of water and cracked it out to what it was, but it seems to be better now. But I just think, you know, you're talking about the voice of God, and then you lose your voice. So um, I don't believe that God took my voice away. I think it was probably just an allergy or some kind of virus or something. But regardless, I know that the enemy's been trying to get me to stop teaching what I'm teaching. And that may have been part of it. But anyway, that's why I wanted to talk about today, talk about the authority of God. So if I can turn your attention for a moment to Genesis chapter 1. Does everybody know what happened in Genesis chapter 1? If you don't know, that's okay. But it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There was formless and void, and God's spirit was hovering over the darkness. And God said, let there be light. God didn't think, let there be light. God said, let there be light. He spoke. That's so important for us to know. He spoke the words. Because God could have just sat there and said, and boom, the lights come on. Now, you guys don't know what I was thinking, but I was thinking, let there be light. He could have just sat there and thought, and all of a sudden, plants and trees pop up everywhere. But God spoke and said, let there be seed-bearing plants of their kind everywhere. So what happened there was God was showing us, it was a foreshadowing in a sense, not only was he creating the world we're going to live in, but he's showing us that we, when we speak, every word we say, good or bad, we speak with authority. We speak with the voice of God, if God is in your heart. Okay, now if God's not in your heart, does that mean you don't have the authority? No, that's not what it means. 
It means though that your authority is a little bit lessened because it doesn't have the power of God coming with it. But when we speak, we have authority in our voices. We can command things to happen. We can demand things to happen. And in many times, in many ways, it will happen. But I'll get into that. Okay, so Luke chapter 9 for a moment. It says, Jesus gathered the disciples. How many of you have ever thought that once Jesus called the disciples, that they walked with him, they lived with him, they slept in the same room with him? I thought that for the longest time until God pointed out to me that he gathered them on this day. And he gathered them and then he sent them out. So I looked it up and I said, I think there's more to this. And sure enough, you know, it makes sense because they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they had families. That was their job, in a sense, to follow Jesus. They gave up everything to follow him. Doesn't necessarily mean that they lived with him for three and a half years, okay? So they had their own lives. And the reason I'm saying that is that a lot of times we, when we, when we hear, oh, you gotta pick up your cross and follow Jesus, a lot of times we'll get this thought in our mind that we just got to give up everything for Jesus. And that's yes and no. But does that mean you give up your home? You give up your family? No. Jesus does not want you to give up your family. He wants you to give up what's important and make him the most important. Not that nothing else can be important. Your family's important. Your job's important. Your livelihood's important. But what he wants you to have is him first. So that when he calls, the, the, like he called the disciples to him, that you'll come. If he calls you to do something, that you'll come. But it doesn't mean that for the rest of your life, you, I'm sorry, you're, you're no longer my brother or sister or my mom or dad, I gotta follow Jesus. That's not what it means. But make him the most important thing. Now, if you do give up all of that, okay, as long as that's what God is calling you to do. And there are people that do that. But I know many of us still want to have our families and our friends. But where the problem comes in is sometimes when those family or friends are leading us the wrong direction, that's when we might have to reevaluate, but that's for another time. But anyway, so he called them, he gathered them, and he said, now go out. And he said, I'm giving you power and authority over all demons, all diseases. Wow. You know, when I was growing up, I had, I know this might sound strange to some of you, I had experiences with demons that were not good. Um, I don't have time to go into it in detail, but I knew they were there, and I knew they were, it was not good. And then when I wanted to talk about it, I was taught, and it was so great that Kaylin told me that was, that God did that perfectly with that banana, because I was taught, you don't talk about demons. I don't even know if they exist. You don't talk about prophets and apostles. You don't talk about spiritual things. You just follow Jesus, is what I was taught. And I believed it for the longest time, until I went to the Bible and found out, wait a minute, Jesus told them I'm giving you all power over demons and diseases. And then I was taught that was just the 12 of them. 
if I keep reading, it says he sent out 70. They weren't, we don't know their names. Sure, we know Peter and John and, and Thaddeus and James the Zealot and, and so on. We know those 12 names. We don't know the names of the 70. And he gave them the same power and authority. And then we come to Matthew 28. And he says, this is to the 11 disciples. He says to them, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So now he's not just giving it to 11 people, he's giving it to those 11 who will make disciples, who will make other disciples, and so on and so on, just like that shampoo commercial from the 70s, and so on and so on. I know many of you are like, what's he talking about? But some of you are like, oh yeah, I remember that. Well anyway, he gave all authority to us, you. You have God's authority. You have God's authority. The one who said, let there be light, and the light couldn't say no, there was light. The one who said, let there be seed-bearing plants of their kind, and they couldn't say no, they popped up. Now, it doesn't matter whether you believe it happened in that moment, in that day, or it took millions of years. That's beside the point. God said it, and it happened. That's authority. And you have this authority. You have this authority. But for so long, I personally was taught, you don't talk about that. You just follow Jesus. Well, I want to know what God wants of me. Do you guys want to know what God wants of you? He wants you to know you have authority. He wants you to know you have power. He wants you to know that you can use it. And how do you use it? You speak. You speak. You're like, wait a minute, Phil. You're telling me that I can walk up to somebody that has cancer and I can say, let the cancer be gone. Yes. Will it be? That's up to God. Well, that seems like a cop-out, doesn't it? No. That's what God said. Okay? That's what he said. I've given you authority over all diseases. You can heal people. But how many of you are really going to try it? Whether or not you try it, today you're leaving here knowing that you have the authority to heal because God gave it to you, yourself, others. And let me tell you, when you try it, it will work. Not all the time. I can't tell you when, why, or how, but I have seen people healed by speaking over them. Did I do it? No way. God did it. It's his power and his authority that are given. Now, I've said this many times in the past, and I'm going to say it again and again and again and again. Everything is confirmed by the witness of two or more. That comes from the book of Deuteronomy. I, I think it's chapter 6, but I can't remember. But basically, Deuteronomy says all that everything, every matter, is confirmed by the witness of two or more. Therefore, one person can't speak for themselves. When two speak the same, then it. Is a, it is authenticated. We know this because there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
We know this because Jesus spoke and God spoke. They were speaking on authority together, okay? So what I'm saying is you can have authority, but if you don't have power, you gotta be careful. You can have power and not the authority. You need to be careful, but we have both, God's power and authority. Let me give you an example. So whether you've seen it on TV or experienced it yourself, you know how a lot of times in like a bar or a nightclub or something, there's a big guy and it's like a bouncer and he has the authority to kick you out if, if you don't follow the rules. Typically it's a real big guy, not always. They got a lot of power, don't they? You go to the gym, pump iron, they get their muscles get real big. They can have all the power over you but if they don't have the authority over you, given by the law, they can get themselves in a lot of trouble if they harm you. They can be arrested for assault if they kick you out because they don't have the authority. But a police officer, let's say, let's say a police officer has authority given to them by their jurisdiction. They can arrest you. They can put handcuffs on you. They can do all kinds of things, right? But if they don't have that power to back it up, like the physical power, could be a problem. But when they have the power and authority, you're going to jail. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you can have power, whether it's physical, mental power, um, power over people, influence, you can have all kinds of power. But without authority, it's nothing. And you can have authority over people and try to get them to do things that you want them to do. But if you don't have the power to back it up, you're not going to get very far. But God has given us the power and authority over all demons, all diseases. So let's talk about demons for a moment. Nobody wants to talk about that, right? You know why? Two reasons. One, it's rarely talked about in church. Rarely talked about in church. Two, Hollywood has glamorized them. Okay, anybody in here afraid of a mouse? Oh, come on, you can, okay, there's one hand up. <laughs> when people, sometimes when people see a mouse, okay, I'll admit, if I see a snake, I'm going in the other direction, okay? I'll look at a mouse, I'll try to stomp on it. I probably shouldn't have said that. But if we see a snake, go get the mouse, because I'm going the other way. But anyway, what I'm saying is, does that mouse have power over you? Does that mouse have authority over you? That mouse is so tiny, and yet you're, you're, you're bigger, and you, you, a lot of people run away. You're afraid of something that is deathly afraid of you because of what you can do to it, right? When we rationalize it and we think rationally, we realize that mouse is afraid of me, or wild animals. That possum is afraid of me. That raccoon is afraid of me. That dog is afraid of me. Okay? Demons are afraid of you. I'm going to say it again. Demons are afraid of you. You know why? Because you have the power and authority of God. And they can't overcome God in any way. They cannot overcome him. So they are afraid of you because all you got to do is speak and say, get away from me right now by the power and authority of Jesus Christ given to me they can't stay. They cannot stay. I don't care how powerful they are. They cannot stay. They have a lot of power. Oh, they have a lot of power. They don't have authority until you give it to them. 
They have all kinds of power. They are more powerful than we are. But they have no authority until you give your authority to them. So be careful. How do we give our authority to them? I could probably talk for several hours about this, but I just say go see Pastor Ian's spiritual warfare workshop. He talks about it. But a couple of ways that we don't think about. That person's an idiot. That person deserves to be harmed. When you say things like that, you are giving your authority to the demonic to afflict that person. They have the power to do it. They're just waiting for that authority. Why? Because you spoke it out. Now, if you think it, they didn't hear it. They can't hear our thoughts. But when you speak that out loud, you are giving your authority. In a sense, you're cursing people. In a sense, you're practicing witchcraft. We need to be careful with what we say. So what do we say? What do we do if, if we've done that? Or we, we find our, we stop ourselves and we go home, you know, go, go watch the football and somebody makes a mistake and we say something. How, what do we do at that point? You stop, you realize what you said, you go to God and say, God, forgive me. I do not, I revoke the authority I gave. I do not believe this. I want to take this back. Boom, God does it. It's that simple. God will honor that. Anytime you come to him, he doesn't say, you know what, you know, you, this is like the fifth time you've done this. I, I'm just not gonna deal with it anymore. No, I don't care if it's the 50,000th time you've done this, God will still honor your request to take it back. He is like that. He wants, he is forgiving and he wants us to be forgiven. So just stop right where you are and turn it around and say, God, I'm sorry and, and just help me fix this, fix it for me. And he will. But more than that, if you have something happening to you, something going on in your life, I don't care if it's just you can't sleep at night or if you wake up at three o'clock every single night and you look at your watch and you say, oh, it's three o'clock, of course I'm awake. Whatever it is, little things. You get this headache that you just can't seem to get rid of. You got this irritation that you just can't seem to get rid of. Don't live with it. If it is demonic, then you have authority over it. If it is some kind of disease, you have authority over it. Speak to it, tell it to be gone, and watch God work. Because the voice of authority is the one who's telling you in your mind to do this, and when you do, amazing things begin to happen. How can I say this? I would never speak anything if I didn't do it myself. I would, if you ever hear me not preach about something, it's because I've never done it myself. But if you hear me preach about it, then I've done it myself, and I've seen the results, and that's why I'm telling you, because I know it works. So there you go. It works. It works. I don't know how many times I've been able to get back to sleep when I realized there's something afflicting me. I don't know how many times I've had a headache just go away because I spoke to it and said, I pray for healing for myself in the name of Jesus Christ who gives given me the power and authority. And within seconds, it's gone. If you don't believe me, try it for yourself because God is the one who's given you the power and authority, not me. And it's not coming from you. And if you trust God and you believe God, then by all means, try it. What have you got to lose? Now, I know what's gonna happen is somebody's gonna try it and it's not gonna work one time and you're gonna say, okay, that's it, never gonna try it again. 
be persistent. God is the God who loves persistence. There are multiple parables in the Bible that talk about persistence. Let's talk about many different things. But persistence is something that God wants. When we read the book of Revelation, he constantly is talking those who persist until the end. He wants you to persist because it does a couple of things. It builds your faith and it builds your relationship with him. And he wants both of those things. So persist. Don't give up. I've told this story many times too. The biggest vein of gold found in the United States, when it was found, it was discovered six inches from where someone gave up. The guy was digging and digging. He'd been digging for days. He gave up. He said, well, it's not in here. Six inches away, if he'd have dug maybe two more shovelfuls, he'd have hit the biggest vein of gold ever discovered in the United States. But he gave up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. God is calling you to not give up. So, to wrap this up, the voice of authority is the voice of God that is working in our lives, in everything that we speak. Be careful what you say about other people. There's a reason that Jesus said, if you call your brother a fool, you've committed murder. There's a reason he said that in Matthew chapter 6. If you call your brother a fool, you have committed murder. You didn't kill your brother. You killed your brother's character. You cursed your brother. You harmed your brother or sister or parent or cousin or the guy who took your spot at Walmart or the Browns fans because they beat the Steelers. Oh, I had to get that in. (laughs) Don't curse people unwillingly or unwittingly. Just be careful with what we say. James chapter 3 says, bridle the tongue, because James knew the authority that we had with what we speak, because we are created in the image of God who spoke and brought the world into creation. We have that power and authority. Be careful with how we use it. Use it for the good. Use it to help yourself. Use it to help others. Don't use it to bring people down. So much goes on in the world that we cannot see and Satan doesn't want us to believe it's real. Because if he can act without us knowing what's going on, he can have his day with us. Don't let him do it. If you don't believe me, read the Bible, because that's where I'm getting all of this from. I'm not making it up. I'm not Googling this. I'm getting it from the Bible. I'm getting it from talking to God. So don't Google it. Talk to God. Read the Word. And then Google to see what other people say. But go to God first. You have the authority. You can heal. You can have authority over all demons and power. Just don't give your authority to them. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us an amazing gift, power and authority, beyond our comprehension. Definitely more than what we can even fathom. And we thank you, Lord, that you do rein it in so that we don't get out of control in our sinful nature. But just continue to remind us that we have it, that we can use it, that we can heal, that we can have authority over demons, that we can change our lives, that we can be free 
that we can be free, Lord. Teach us what this freedom is each and every day that we might find more and more of it and grow closer in our relationship with you. And we ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.